0: So I'm really excited about this series that that we've been in. I kind of love this idea. We've been talking about uh, this series, throughout this series, about heading into this new season. And it's kind of regardless of sometimes when when you're headed into this new thing, you can see it coming. You can see it coming from like a far way off. Sometimes you can't see it coming at all. Sometimes it's a really good thing. It's a really good transition you're excited about. Maybe, uh, you know, your kids are going off to school or maybe your kids are going off to college and and you're an empty nester and, and maybe you're excited about being an empty nester. Maybe it's a new job or you moved into a new city. Sometimes it might not be as good of a transition. Maybe you got some really bad news or you've got this uh, tragic sickness. Maybe you've lost someone that you really, really care about, someone you love deeply. And life looks a whole lot differently now. Maybe a relationship that you're in is about to end. And life looks a whole lot different. See, but regardless of, of, of whether you can see the transition coming or you can't see it coming, regardless of whether it might be a good thing or a bad thing, the truth is there are things we can do now to begin to prepare for what's coming next. That's kind of the tag we've been using throughout this series about how to pack your bags. Really, the whole idea of packing our bags is how to prepare for what's next, for whatever that might be, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing, whether we can see the transition coming from a mile away, or we can't see it coming at all. We just have, have kind of that feeling, maybe you've had that feeling before, where you know something is on the horizon, something new is coming your way, but you're really not sure what it is, you're really not sure if it's gonna be good or bad for you, but you can kind of sense that something's coming. What can we do to begin to prepare for those things? Both the unknown and the, and the known. What can we do even now to begin to prepare for these transitions? Some of you, you might be facing this now. Maybe you're about to embark on this this new time of your life, and it's really exciting. Maybe you're about to get married. Maybe you just got married, and you thought you were prepared, but, but you realize now you're kind of into this, and you're not feeling as prepared. There's a lot of things popping up that you don't know about. All of you people that remember the first year of your marriage, you're smiling and laughing, oh, I know what you're talking about. Maybe perhaps you're about to make some big financial changes to your life you're about to make some financial cuts, you're going to go on a budget. And, and when we do these things, it's, it's, it's kind of deeply emotional, isn't it? When we make these kind of financial cuts, we've got to live within a budget and it, it's kind of uncomfortable and it hurts a little bit. And anytime we kind of face these transitions that are deeply emotional, we, we tend to get almost become a little irrational in our feelings, don't we? We tend to see things as, as much bigger and even much worse than they are. Maybe, uh, as we said before, your, your child's about to embark on a new school year, or, or is about to head off to college, and you're facing life w- without your kids at home. What does that look like? How do I deal with that? Whatever that transition might be for you, there are things we can do now to even prepare, about, to, to prepare for it. And, and what's interesting, as we begin these transitions, s- sometimes we have th- this idea, or this perspective, that things are going to be m- maybe a lot better than they appear, right? We've, we've uh, we started this new job, and we thought it was going to be awesome, and, and it's not. We, we got into this, this new relationship, and we thought it was going to be fantastic, and then you realize they're a person, and they have mistakes, and it's not as great as you thought it was going to be. Uh, maybe you, you booked a vacation, right? You're, you're, you're about to take a cruise, and you hope the cruise looks as beautiful as, as it did in all the pamphlets, or you're staying at a resort, and you hope the resort is just as beautiful as all the pictures. Then you get there, and I've had this happen to me, and like, it's, you don't know what kind of lens they were shooting with because these rooms, that looked like 30 feet long or like 6 feet long. It's like, how am I supposed to fit in here? maybe, maybe you booked a vacation to the Bahamas, right? And you thought it was gonna be this this beautiful, luxurious vacation, that it was gonna be like like this weekend filled of of just music that was gonna change your lives and and you were so excited about it. And why you ever would put your life in the hands of Ja Rule is is kind of beyond me. But but you get there and you just you hope everything's as beautiful as they said it was going to be, and everything's as as luxurious as they said it was going to be. And then you realize when you sit down and eat, it's like a slice of bread, a slice of cheese, and a slice of bread, and you're like, this isn't this isn't luxurious. our food. Now, you may have caught on, but this actually happened last year to a bunch of people. It was called the Fire Festival, and that's not F-I-R-E. That's F-Y-R-E, Festival, where a bunch of people were kind of duped out of their money, sold that this vacation was going to be luxurious, and the music would change their world, and they get there, and there's nothing. They're like sleeping on a compound, eating, you know, white bread and sliced American cheese, and like, it, it was beyond our expectations. Like, I thought, I thought, we had prepared for this. I thought there was something fun coming around the corner. I I was hoping it was going to live up to my expectations, and clearly it did not. And what's really interesting in in, in this day and age is that we don't find that happen too often to us, right? Because there's this information craze. There's there's the internet. There's these incredible apps apps like Yelp and TripAdvisor and even Google reviews where you can kind of review things before you ever go. There's almost no need for us to get caught in that kind of of situation where we don't know what's coming. As a matter of fact, my wife and I rarely try a new restaurant before we ever read the reviews. you know, And the reviews are so incredibly detailed. You'll, you'll like get on Yelp or, or TripAdvisor and you'll check out this restaurant and they'll say, hey, the burrito is great. Order the burrito. We loved everything about it except I asked for no tomatoes because they just put a few too many on. And then you go to the restaurant and you do what they say. You order the burrito and you ask for no tomatoes. And it's like, man, they hit it out of the park. That review was so specific. That was perfect. Or you head to a resort and you read a review and they said, hey, we stayed there. We just got back. Everything about the trip was absolutely awesome. Just don't stay in room 212 because the sink is broken. It's like how incredibly these reviews are. Like all this information kind of keep us from getting ourselves into, into situations or, or maybe experiencing things we don't like. But what's incredible about our transitions is that so often when we face these transitions, when we face these kind of things, there is a plethora of information that can help us avoid some pitfalls, that can help us avoid some tragedies, but very rarely do we take advantage of it. More often than not, we kind of, we kind of push, push it to the side, don't we? You see, here's here what's true, and this is true for all of us, regardless of where we are. If this is a good transition or a bad transition, if we know what's coming or we don't know what's coming. Seeing what's coming doesn't ensure success in the next season. Seeing what's coming for us, it really doesn't ensure that we know, uh, <clears throat> sorry, that it doesn't ensure success in this next season. Just because you can see it c- coming doesn't mean you have what you need, doesn't mean you're prepared for it. Another way to say it is saying it like this, seeing what's coming next doesn't, it doesn't ensure what the, uh, what the next season will require. Just because we can see it coming doesn't ensure that we know what's going to be required of us. That doesn't uh, ensure that we can be successful in this next season of our lives. But the truth is, whatever season we're about to go into, whatever season we might be stepping into, whether we, we can see it and it's good or it's bad, the truth is that somebody has already experienced it and that somebody knows the pitfalls we need to avoid and that somebody knows the things we need to prepare for this season. Now, I know for all of us, it's not like a one-to-one kind of transition because all of us are a little different, right? We're all unique. We're all snowflakes. If you've been to kindergarten, you know, they give you that little pin that says we're all somebody, but instead of saying some, there's like that thumbprint on it. It says we're all somebody. I believe it. We're all somebody. We're all really important. We're all really unique. You're all a snowflake. I get all that. So I understand that not all of our stories are going to be exactly the same, but the truth is is that if we kind of lined up our stories over our entire lifespan, our stories are pretty familiar. Our stories line up in some incredible ways, especially when we face transitions. And most of us never prepare for a transition because we're never willing to find the people who have been there before us and find what we need to prepare for it. You see, in all of our situations... Somebody has been there before. Somebody has gone what we're about to go through. Somebody knows what we need to prepare for it. And something we can use to begin to prepare for this now is we can begin to find those people and we can begin to lean on them for these times of transition. Someone else has experienced what you're about to experience and somebody else knows what you don't know. Somebody else has already gone through sending their kids off to college. Somebody else has already gone through what it looks like to transition into that kind of empty nest syndrome. Somebody knows what that's going to do to a single mom or a single dad or or to to, to just two sets of parents. Somebody knows what it's like to lose that relationship that you've loved and you've built so much and life looks completely different now. They know what that transition is going to do and how that's going to affect you. Somebody knows what it's like, God forbid, to, to have lost someone that you love dearly. They know what that's going to require. They know what you need to do to prepare. They know what we don't know. As we talked about this whole idea of packing your bags last week, I kind of presented this bag to you about um, the things we need to prepare as we pack our bags. And we talked about a few things that were in here. In particular, you know, you you want deodorant when you pack your bags and and you take a trip. Uh, We talked about Airborne, right? That Airborne is going to pay us $100 for this promotion, so we're going to leave this up here for you. Some of you were really confused by that. You're still a little confused by that. That's okay. Uh, We talked about uh, uh, having motion sickness, right? We talked about having Dramamine. This bag is a mess, so I'm not going to find the Dramamine. We talked about having an anchor, and now having an anchor in the midst of motion sickness is what keeps you kind of locked and anchored in to weather the storms, whether good or bad. But what other things do you need when you travel, right? We know we need mouthwash because for some reason, whenever you travel, you know, your breath stinks, right? So you need mouthwash to prepare for it. But here's another thing. We need cell phone chargers, don't we, when we travel? We need to make sure our phones are charged. I find this incredibly interesting. If you spend any time with high school students, like when you're like 16, you know, your brain's not fully developed. So Sometimes you can make a little bit of an irrational decision. You might not make the best decision all the time. And, And their life might be in the midst of completely falling apart. But the one thing they always have with them is a cell phone charger. Because God forbid they can't snap their life falling apart right? They always have a cell phone charger. Something we can learn from a 16-year-old is to always bring our cell phone charger, to always be prepared for it. But, but here's another thing that we need to have with us. There's a lot in this bag. For next service, I'm going to be better prepared, and I'm going to take everything out except the things I need. How about this? You guys remember this? Th- this is a map. Th- this is incredible. Now, this is like old school, so if you're like under 30, you're not even going to know what this is. But this is this is an actual map of the entire United States. This is like like analog stuff where it, it like actually has the entire United States. And now some of you are just completely blown away. Some of you still print your directions out on MapQuest, and I'm completely completely stunned by that. Um, but you know you can have a map with you. You can have your charger. You can have that. Another thing you need to bring with you is a phone right? A, a phone, just in case you need to reach someone, just in case you need to connect with someone, just in case there's an emergency. I've got to be able to connect with somebody I need. And, and that's what I want to talk about today, is bringing that phone with us. You guys remember that, that show that was on a few years ago, uh, The Millionaire Show? Um, who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You remember that show? And you remember they'd ask you, it was kind of trivia based. they'd ask you questions, and if you didn't know the answer to the question, what could you do? Phone a friend. Right? You had a lifeline. You had the ability to reach out and call somebody who might know the answer. And you had to be careful about who you called because, you know, you wanted to make sure it was somebody who knew what they were talking about and who was really good at trivia, or perhaps was sitting in front of a computer with internet, even if they didn't know their trivia. But you wanted to make sure you called the right person because this person could help you in your time of need. And it's the same way with our transitions. Sometimes when we're about to face these transitions, we need to have somebody that we can connect to on the phone, somebody that we can call who's prepared to help us, who's prepared to give us the answer, who's prepared to walk us through whatever this transition might be. Somebody perhaps that has already walked through the transition and knows what you don't know and can help you successfully navigate the transition that you're facing. So here's the first question we need to have as we're talking about phoning a friend. Do we have the right people on speed dial? Do we have the right people on SBL? Do we know the right people to call? Or, or here's a better follow up question to that Are you willing to listen? Now, now, this is especially tricky for those of you who are kind of moving into a, a new season of life. Maybe it's a new season of life where you find yourself in love because being in love kind of makes us all lose our minds. And if you've ever been in love, you, you know what it's like to be in love. You, you're kind of you're a little bit crazy, right? You, you make some kind of irrational decision. If you're kind of stepping into that new season where you find yourself like, like deeply in love, you need people. You need somebody that you can call. You need somebody that you're going to listen to because chances are you might make an irrational decision. Maybe you're about to make some big financial changes in your life and it's going to like deeply affect you or deeply affect your, your family. You need somebody that you can call, somebody that you would be willing to listen to, somebody who's been there before and knows what you don't know. Maybe you're dealing with family members and family, as great as they can be, can also be incredibly challenging. Maybe you need somebody that you can pick up the phone and call. Somebody that can help you navigate whatever it is that you're about to face. And really for all this, we don't need kind of more introspection when we deal with this. What we really need is kind of that, that outrospection. I know that's not a real word. But what we really need is not to be like looking in. Is we need somebody else looking in on us. Right? We need somebody else who's willing to speak in to our lives, who's, who's, who can kind of see from the outside looking in. Here's some, some pitfalls I see. Here's some areas of your life where you might mess up. Here are some, some roadblocks that are going to trip you up if you're not careful. We need some perspective from the outside looking in on our lives. Somebody who's willing to be honest. Somebody who's willing <clears throat> to pick up the phone and help us when we call. Now, as we continue this conversation... I know what you're probably thinking, like, yeah, I get that. Like, I've heard this before. I should have people. This is good. Is this kind of all you have for me today, Jim? And the truth is, yeah, I want to camp out here for a while. And here's why. Because I believe this is like a life or death matter. And I know what you're thinking. He's just being really dramatic. Is it really life or death? And as I kind of thought about even using these words in this message, is it really a life or death matter? Do I want to be like, like that emphatic? Am I willing to make that kind of statement? And the answer is yes. Because I believe, as we talked about earlier, that that following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. That God has this kind of full, rewarding life for you. But you're not going to get there on your own. That you'll never really, really like retain. You'll never really step into that full life that God has for you if you do it by yourself. You see, we were never meant to do life alone. And more than that, if we kind of try to navigate these transitions on our own without ever stopping to seek advice, without ever stopping to pick up the phone and call, without ever really listening, we'll never get the full life that God has for us. So maybe it isn't death that awaits you. But maybe it isn't the life that you've always wanted. Maybe you'll never get the life that you've always dreamed about. Maybe you'll never receive the life that God has fully planned for you if you're not willing for a moment to pick up the phone and call someone who's been there before us. So this morning we're gonna look at some scripture We're going to look at this really uh, famous guy. He was an ancient king. Uh, His name was Solomon. He was the son of David. We just talked about David a few weeks ago. Solomon, when he was kind of on earth, he was known to be the wisest man alive. And what's really interesting about this like wisest man alive is that he has so much to say about calling and asking people for advice, about having advisors around you. And and it almost seems kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? Like he's the wisest man alive. In and of himself, he has so much wisdom. Why would he call someone else? Why would he ask someone else? And what we begin to see from the wisdom of Solomon is that the wisdom is knowing who to call. The wisdom is knowing that you can't do it on your own. That really wisdom is being willing to ask. So we're going to pick up. He wrote a bunch of poetry. Some of his poetry was captured in a book called Proverbs. Proverbs is a whole book of wisdom. He starts off the whole book by, by basically writing it to his sons. Hey, sons, here's a bunch of wise things I've learned over my life. Read these, memorize them, apply them, because if you do, a good life will be in store for you. So here's what he says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. He says, For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Now, I can recognize say, that you might not feel like your whole world is dependent or contingent upon whether or not uh, you do this. But I believe a huge part of your world, and maybe really even your whole world, is dependent on whether or not you're willing to do this. Whether or not you're willing to seek guidance. Whether or not you're willing to seek counsel. Whether or not you're willing to bring some advisors into your life. But the truth is, no one can force you to do this. The ball's in your court. No one can make you go and ask someone else for advice. No one can make you listen. No one can make you apply. It's completely up to you. But if you don't do it, he says, a nation will completely fall apart. Your life might completely fall apart. As you step into this next transition, it might be a lot harder than it ever has to be. You might not even see the success at the end of the transition because you tried to do it on your own. Because victory is won through many Advisors through much counsel. And so I I do believe it's true. And I don't think anybody here would would really say, uh, and kind of be belligerent enough to say, no, I I don't really believe that. No, I don't don't think you need to ask people. I just think you always need to go with your gut. You just need to do whatever your gut feels. And there are times when I get that you do do need to follow your gut. But Solomon would say that the basis of wisdom, that the basis of success is knowing that you can't do it on your own that victory in the middle of your transition, that victory in the middle of your trial, that victory in the middle of whatever situation you're in is knowing that you are not meant to do this alone, but there are people around you that you need to lean on, that you need to draw on to help you in this moment. So as we think about this, I want to ask you some questions. And really, I want to ask questions that are kind of our excuses. What kind of keeps us from doing this? What keeps us from asking others? What keeps us from finding advisors? What keeps us from finding people that we would kind of share our story to and seek their wisdom or seek their advice? Now, we know we should do this. A lot of us would say, yeah, I get that. I get that we should have people. But why don't we always use them? Why in the middle of our transitions do we often find ourselves alone thinking, man, I got this? Here's, here's the first one, and I think this is probably uh, huge for a lot of us, is that we think we already know, right? It's like when you're lost and, and you're not sure where to go, and men, I know this is generally like a man thing, women, this might be you, but I think for most men, we don't stop and ask directions. Why? Because we think we already know. We think we know where we're going. We think we already have the answer. I don't need to ask for help. I think I already know where I'm headed, when, when clearly the result is we, we don't. I mean, you know, if you're married, your, your wife is there to tell you you don't. <clears throat> you don't know where you're going. You're clearly lost. You need to ask. No, no, I, th- I think I know where I'm going. Why so often in our transitions do we kind of feel that way? When we're stepping into something new, when we're sending our kid off to school, when what we're dealing with, with some financial situation or big financial change, we just kind of feel to ourselves, no, I, I got this. Like, I, I think I already know. I think I'm good. I don't think I need to ask anyone. I think I have all the answers already. I think we already know. What I find really interesting about this, and what Solomon's going to say, is that a person who does this has a a, a huge issue, a huge kind of gaping hole in front of them that they're not prepared for. Here's how he says it in Proverbs 26. He says, do you see a wise person or a person who is wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Like how serious are his words here? Right? It's almost like he's saying this, and my daughter calls this the evil laugh. Like, he gets kind of halfway through, and he begins to laugh. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? And then there's that, like, maniacal laugh, like, ha, 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 There is more hope for a fool. Now, I'm not calling you that. That's Solomon. He's saying if you think that you are so wise in your own eyes that you already know the answer, that you don't need to ask anyone, hey, I, I got this. I'm good. I already know. He says there is more hope for a fool than for you. Perhaps maybe what he's trying to say is, at those moments when you think you know the answer, that's the moment when you need to go and ask. At that moment when you think to yourself, man, I got this, I'm good, I don't need to ask, that, there should be kind of this warning, this little alarm, this siren that kind of goes off in the back of your brain that says, hey, hey! if that's really how I feel, then maybe what I need to do is go ask someone. Maybe that's the moment that I really need someone's help the most. Have you ever met somebody who's wise in their own eyes? who thinks they've got it, who thinks they know the answer, there is more hope for a fool than for them because they can't even see it coming. They can't even begin to see that they might not know what's in front of them. See, I recently heard a story about uh, Muhammad Ali. You remember Muhammad Ali? He's like that famous boxer, like the world champ. <clears throat> After he won one of his first titles, He's on a plane, and he's about to fly back home. <clears throat> he's sitting in his seat, and this woman, the stewardess, comes up to him. And he says, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to buckle up. And he says, he says <coughs> in a total Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali arrogance, <laughs> Superman don't need no super belt, seat belt. And, and like this, her quote back, her retort back was so smart and so wise that it was been like chronicled and recorded so that we could look back on it and admire this woman. She looks back at Muhammad Ali, the chimp. Superman don't need no super belt. And she said, well, Superman don't need no plane, so buckle up. (laughs) You see, really what what this leads to is is pride, isn't it? See, pride kind of builds us up and makes us feel a little arrogant. Pride kind of makes us feel, man, man, you got it already. You're good enough. You have everything you need to get through this. You don't need somebody else's help. Because if we ask for somebody else's help, what do we feel? We feel a little ignorant. uh, That I might not know the answer. That I might not know what's ahead of me. That I might not know how to prepare for what's next. But here's the truth. It's way better to be ignorant than it is to be arrogant. Because arrogance leads to a fall. Arrogance means you're a fool. But Solomon would say it's way better to be ignorant. It's way better to go and say, I might not have all this. I think I know, but I'm really not sure that I do. So I need some help. And I think this is kind of the bottom line for this, for this message. Here's how I would say. Knowing that you don't know is the first step to knowing what you don't know. Knowing that you don't know everything. Being willing to say, man, I'm a little bit ignorant. I don't know everything. Knowing that you don't know is the first step to knowing what you don't know. To knowing what the transition needs. To knowing what's expected of you. To knowing what pitfalls you need to avoid and how to avoid them. Knowing what that you don't know is the first step to knowing what you don't know. And have you ever noticed that oftentimes the reason we don't ask somebody is because we already know what they're going to say? You ever met people that way? I'm just not going to ask because I already know the response. It's it's amazing as humans that we can kind of talk ourselves into making bad decisions. And we try to use logic. We know it's a bad decision, but we talk ourselves into it being a good decision. So we're willing to do it. And then we're not going to ask anyone else because we know what they're going to say. We already know they're going to say it's a bad decision. So we don't want to ask because we think we know. let me ask you this. Is there something in your life? Is there an area of your life? Is there a transition you're about to step into? Is there a decision you're about to make? That you would say, I already know what they're going to say. I would warn you, don't be the fool. Ask. More often than times, we don't ask because we already know what the response is going to be. Because we already know what we're about to do. The the decision we're about to make is a bad decision. And we don't want to hear what they have to say. So that's the first one. Here's the second one. What keeps us from asking others? What about this? What about Are we just too afraid to be honest? Are we just too afraid to kind of open our lives and be honest with someone? <clears throat> we talked about this in the first week. Are you just too afraid maybe to look in the mirror and to stare and to see the kind of things that need to change? If you, were, if you missed the first week, I would encourage you to head to our website and check it out. That, that This incredible illustration that was given As we look into the mirror, and when we look into a mirror, we see the things that need to change, and the mirror requires a response. It requires us to look and to make the changes in our life. Are we just scared to be honest? Are we scared to be honest with ourselves? Are we scared to be honest with other people? Maybe we already kind of have an idea of the things that need to change, and we just don't want to hear it. We don't want to make those changes. We don't want to have to be forced to look at ourselves like intently and make some serious changes to our life. See, this is the way life works best, though. When we have people we can trust, when we have friends, when we have advisors, when we have have people who can counsel us, that can be completely honest with us, that can show us maybe where our weaknesses are, where our weak spots are, where the things ahead of us are going to trip us up. But what that requires from us is honesty. And we're just not sure we want to do it. It's just a little bit too uncomfortable for us to say, hey, I've got to be completely honest with you. My marriage isn't doing that well, and we're about to face this next transition, and it's going to add more pressure to my marriage, and I just need you to know now, I'm really not sure how it's going to work, so, so would you help us? Hey, I need to be completely honest with you. My, my child's about to go off to school. He's about to move away, and, and I'm just, I'm not sure where our relationship is right now, and it makes me really nervous about him leaving and going that far away. I've got to be completely honest with you. Uh, my, my family member got some really bad news that they're not, they're, they weren't given too long to live. And I'm just not sure how to deal with this. I'm wrestling with it and it's uncomfortable and I don't know what I should do. I just need to be completely, completely honest with you. I'm in the middle of something and I, I just, I don't know how to deal with it. You see, that kind of honesty, that's the beginning of Wisdom because that kind of honesty requires a response from your advisors, requires a response from the people around you. And when those people are willing to pour that into you, it shifts your life in such a dramatic way. It allows you to move to life that God always intended for you, the full life. See, God calls us all, the the, the people of the church, he calls us all the body, he says that everybody follows Jesus, everyone who kind of gathers in, in these environments and follows Jesus, we all make up the body, right? There's a hand and there's a leg and there's an arm and there's a foot and there's toes. And, and, and at no point if the body were respond and say, hey, man, my knee hurts. And the hand would just kind of look at the knee and say, well, good luck. Hope you can survive. He says, that's not how the body works. The hand would say to the knee, hey, grab the knee. Let's baby the knee. Let's make sure the knee's okay. It's kind of the same way when we lean on other people. When you lean on kind of other people in these environments, when you lean on other people maybe in your small group, when you lean on other people maybe with the people you work with or you serve with, they're not, they're, they're not the kind of people, if you're choosing the right people, they're not the kind of people that are going to say, hey, good luck, hope you figure it out. As the body, we gather around and we build each other up and we make each other stronger. We help each other reach the mark that Jesus has set for us. We do small groups around here, and actually we're about to head into a new season of small groups, and I would encourage you that if you're not in a group, if you're not like in a community with people, you need to take an opportunity to sign up and connect with other people. We have groups for, for married couples. We're starting a group for young adults. We have groups for men. We're Hopefully we hopefully have a group for women. You need to find people that you can be in community with, that you can share and you can connect to, because the truth is, for every one of us, we're either in a moment of transition or we're about to step into a moment of transition, and we were never meant to do it alone. And if you want to survive and you want to reach the life, the full life that God has for you, then you need people to do it with you. So I would encourage you, get into a small group, connect, get to know people. But here's the interesting thing about small groups. If you've ever been in them, like we kind of start with our small groups off with getting to know each other. In the first few weeks, we get to tell our stories. And if you've ever been in a group where people are kind of sharing their stories, and then it might take a few weeks, maybe even like a month in, someone goes to share their story and they don't share like the PG or the G-rated version. They, they just kind of take it upon themselves. I'm gonna be completely honest. You might not like it, but here's my story. And they kind of spew out their life. And by the time it's done, the people in the group are kind of looking around thinking like, I didn't know we were going there. Can I reshare my story? Can I like I didn't know we're gonna be that honest? Can I reshare and be completely honest with where I've been and what my life looks like? It's like a beautiful thing when people decide that they're going to reach that level of honesty. That I'm not here to protect, I'm not here to kind of mask, I'm not here to, 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 to paint a picture that isn't true. I need to be completely honest because I realize I can't do this alone. And the more you know, the better you can help. Are you willing to be honest? Solomon says this, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. That if you are unwilling to open up, if you are unwilling to say, hey, this is the area of my life where I'm struggling. This This is the thing that I'm dealing with and I'm not sure I can do it. He said, if you're not willing to, you're gonna fail. You'll never reach the life that God intended. But if you're willing to say, hey, I can be completely honest and I need your advice, I need your counsel, He said, those plans are set up for success. So are you willing to be honest? Here's a question for you. What keeps you from asking other people? What keeps you from asking other people? What is it inside you that keeps you from being willing to be that kind of honest, that kind of open with other people? Here's an answer. Maybe you just don't know who to ask. Maybe it's as practical as that for you. Maybe it's not that, that, you know, I think I know or I kind of know what they're going to tell me anyway, so I don't want to ask. Maybe it's not that you're too afraid to be honest. Maybe what keeps you from asking is that you really don't know who. Maybe you would even sit here and say, yeah, I can see the problem. I can see the area of my life where I need help. I can see that thing that I'm struggling with. I can see that decision that needs to be made. I know the transition I'm stepping into. I can even see the pitfalls. I get all that, Jim, but I just don't know who to ask. I'm just not sure who to reach out to. Let me put before you this, and I, I'm not saying we have the wisest people in the world here, but get in a small group, because I have been in small groups with some incredibly wise people who have changed my life. I have been in mentor relationships. I have served on teams. I have served alongside, shoulder to shoulder, with some incredible people who have helped me and who have been those advisors that have given me that kind of counsel. But better than that, Solomon would say, here are the kind of people you need to find to ask. More often than not, we think we need we need the 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 powerful people. We need maybe the wealthy people. We need maybe the experienced people. Someone say no. Here's the kind of people you need to ask. Walk with the wise, and you'll become wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Who should you look to ask? Wise people, the wisest people. Maybe not the most experienced. Maybe not the most wealthy. Maybe not the most powerful. But definitely the wisest? Who can you ask? Who around you can you even ask even now? When, when, as we walk through this, and you can think of that era in your life where you need the help, who around you can you ask? What friend can you pick up? Who's on your speed dial? And are you willing to listen to him? As you think th- through this, <clears throat> well, what, what should I do? Who should I ask? I'm going to present some, some challenging questions for you. Here's, here are things we kind of realize as we walk through this idea of who do we connect to. We have to choose someone who will ask us the tough questions. That they're not going to be a lecturer, they're not there to just kind of spew wise sayings and not really invest. They're willing to ask the difficult questions. I have a friend who uh, down in the Portland area who my wife and I see p- pretty often, and they become like, like our marriage counselors. Every time we go, it, it's kind of a running joke between us. Sure enough, we'll sit around the table, we're talking, and something about our marriage comes up. And, and whenever it does, it, it's never a, a lecture. Well, you shouldn't be doing this, and you should, you know, <clears throat> you should be better than that. You're a pastor of a church. Most often what comes out of it is, hey, but what do you think God's trying to tell you there? How do you think he's gonna use that to make you maybe a better father, maybe a better husband, maybe a better pastor? He's always willing to ask the questions that I'm not willing to ask myself. And and it kind of it's like that, that passage where it says iron sharpens iron. It's like that little annoying thing, you know what I'm talking about? You have the friend that always asks the questions that you don't want to hear, even though you know you need to hear him. It's that little like annoying kind of sanding rubbing against you and it's uncomfortable. But what does it do? It makes you better, right? The questions make you better. They make you think things you didn't think. They maybe prepare you better for relationships. I would say after the end of that, that I'm better prepared for a relationship. I'm better prepared to be a better husband, to be a better man, to be a better father because I have somebody who's willing to ask the tough questions. I have a friend who cares more about the friend than he does the friendship. Think about that for a moment. Do you have somebody who cares more about you as a person than they do about your friendship? Those are the people you need to find because those are the people who have nothing to lose by telling you the truth. That's what you want. You want somebody who's willing to tell you the truth and they have nothing to lose, they have nothing to gain. They just care about you and want the best for you. Who in your life can be that person? Who in your life can tell you that kind of truth, can be that kind of honest with you? How about this one? Who are where we want to be in life? You know, sometimes we always reach out for consultants, but maybe the person we're reaching out to shouldn't be the person consulting us. Maybe the the, the advisor we're looking towards shouldn't be the, the, the person who should be advising us. I mean, just because they have a Wiki page doesn't mean we go to Wikipedia to get medical advice. right? Just because they have it, just because they say they know it, doesn't mean we need to be following it. Who's where you want to be? Who has a marriage that you want to have? Who raises their kids the way you want to raise their kids? Who's running a business the way you want to run a business? Who treats their friends the way you want to treat your friends? Who's made it through maybe losing a relationship and you see where they're at and you think that's how I want to get through. Who's made it through losing a family member and they say at the end of it, that's how I want to be. I don't want to see my life fall apart. I don't want this to be the end. Who's where you want to be? Who can you pick up your phone and call and is where you want to be, is living the life maybe you want to live? What's keeping you from asking others? What is it in your life that is keeping you from asking others? The truth is, for most of us, we think we already know. Right? We think we already know the answer. M- maybe even it's more than that. Maybe it's that we, are, we think we already know what they're going to say. So we're not going to ask. Maybe we're just too afraid to be honest. Or maybe we just don't know who to ask. I don't know where you fall in that. I don't know which one of those you might be struggling with. But if you want to make it through this transition, if you want to prepare for whatever that next might be for you, you need to find a way to be honest. You need to find what is keeping you from this. Then you need to find the person and you you need to ask. What keeps you from asking for advice will ultimately keep you from thriving in life. And that's what we want for you. We want the best life for you now, and we want the best life for you later. But you won't get there on your own. You were never intended, you were never created, you were never meant to do your life alone. And to thrive in the next season? Here's a couple of questions, and we'll close with these. What do you think you know? What do you think you already know? Like, oh, I already got that. What do you not want to hear? I I don't want to ask, because I already know what they're going to say, and I'm a little uncomfortable, and and I just just don't want to hear that kind of thing. Where are you not being honest? Where are you too afraid to be honest with your life? And here's the last one. Who can you ask this week to try to get help in the area of life that you need the most? Who can you ask right now? Who can you leave here and pick up the phone and call and get that help? You see, here's what I've learned. And I'm sure you've probably learned this as well. It's that it's really not knowledge that we're looking for. I mean, the, the truth is there's a message that's already been, been talked about that has the knowledge you need. There's an article online. There's a podcast. There's a blog. There's a TED Talk. There's all these other things that, that would give you the knowledge you need. And if it were just a knowledge thing, we would already know we'd already be living that way. We'd already be making those decisions. You see, it's not, it's not a knowledge thing for us. You see, for most of us, it goes beyond the knowledge. It's really the relationship that we need. It's really that person who's willing to ask the tough questions. It's the person who has nothing to lose by being honest. It's the person who cares more about you as a friend than they do about your friendship. You see, you were never meant to do it alone. You were meant to do life through relationships, in circles, in a group, in community. And maybe the answer for you this morning is just that. I need to get into a small group. I need to join a group. I need to connect. I need other people to do this life with. Maybe for you, it's just I just need to learn to be honest whatever it is, don't allow that thing to keep you from reaching the life that God has always intended for you. Don't allow that thing to keep you from reaching the full life that God wants for you. What's keeping you from being honest? What's keeping you from asking? Find out and then go and ask. Let me pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Every person here, God, I thank you for the wisdom that Solomon shares with us, Lord, that that even the, the wisest man to ever live would say, you can't do it alone. That wisdom is found among many advisors, among counsel, among asking. I pray, God, for each of us that you would give us that kind of wisdom, that whenever we feel like in our lives that maybe we've got it, or we, know what they're gonna, we think we know what they're going to say, so we're not going to ask, or maybe we're just a little uncomfortable being too honest with people, or maybe, God, we don't even know who to ask. I pray that you would give us the wisdom even now to, to kind of see through those things, God, to not allow pride to get in the way, to not allow our fear of being honest to get in the way. God, maybe there are people around us even now who you've placed that we can ask, and we just never thought of it. I pray that you would bring that person to our mind, and whatever that transition, whatever that thing is that we're going into, whatever the thing is that we think we already know, I pray you'd give us the courage to pick up the phone and ask. I pray you'd give us the courage to sign up to be in a group, to commit to being in a community, and then, God, I pray that you would begin to reveal that full life for us that you've always wanted. In your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen.